theyeshiva.net. Mordechai is called Ish Yehudi, even though he came from Shevet Binyamin. So the Baal Atanya, the Alter Rebbe, explains here that Yehuda means Haida'a, gratitude. It also means Haida'a as Bittal, Maidemanach Nalach, I am Maida to you, submission. And Mordechai is called Ish Yehudi, Ish Harabayis, the master of Yehudi, the master, the source, the source of Bittal, the source of. Uh, of uh, absolute alignment and submission. We see this in the Gemara who says, what's the source of Mardachai in Torah? Parshas Kisisa, Mardroid. I said yesterday, Shem and Hamishchim was a mistake. One of the spices of the Ktairis, the Ktairis, of course, the burning incense was made of 11 herbs, right, that were then uh, ground up, gra- <coughs> and they were, uh, ground up, mixed, and each of them was offered in the morning and the afternoon in the Beis HaMikdash, placed on the altar where the smoke was generated as a result of the encounter between the fragrant spices and the and the coal on the Mizbeach. This was the Ketairis every morning and every afternoon. The 11 herbs were very interesting. We enumerate them every morning. The Torah enumerates them also. One of them is called Mar. Mar. Mar Dreur. Parshas Kisisa. The Lashon of Parshas Kisisa is when he goes through the, the spices of the Ketairis, the beginning of Parshas Kisisa. So the Lashon is. Then we have Meir, Uktsiya, actually by Lusnaid Vecharkan. So one of them is called Meir, that's by the Ketoyers. Also, there was the Shemen Hamishcha, Meir made the oil that also had different spices in it. So the first one is Mardurar. So the, the Targum says, So the Gemara says, that's the source of Mardach. So what's the connection? So this, the Balatanya explains, very interesting that uh, the Rambam and other Mepharshim say that this is basically deer musk. So it's not a kosher animal. And of course the blood of this animal and the meat of this animal would be completely not kosher. It's not a type of deer that's kosher. It's called chayyadua, very, very common in India, in Haidu. And yet the blood congeals, a certain part of the blood congeals in the neck, and it's one of the most expensive, fragrant sources in the world. It becomes a baisim, and this was used for the Ketairis, and it was used for the Shemen HaMishra. So it's very interesting. And this is the source of Mardechai, Meiradachia. So what's the connection? What's the connection to Mardechai? So he says, basically, here you have the concept of transformation. Where do you have the transformation? That the blood represents the vitality of a person, the passion of a person. And the very passion here is converted into something spicy, into a fragrant that's used in the Beis HaMikdash. And here there's a big machlaikas about this uh, Mar. Rabbeinu Yoyna says you're even allowed to eat it. You're even allowed to eat the Mar. In other words, it's not considered part of the animal meat or blood. You can actually eat it. That's how deep the transformation. Other Mepharshim say you're allowed to smell it and it becomes Kedusha, but you're still not allowed to eat it. He holds it, Mamash becomes Heter. Where does it come from? What part of the deer? The neck, yeah. Says the Bachlaikas is based on how you define tshuva. If tshuva is a complete transformation, like daver becomes a mitzvah, then you're allowed to eat it. Or it's a lower level of tshuva, and therefore, even though it has a good reyach, but it doesn't become mamash mutar bachila. So what's the connection with Mardechai? So he says, Vihine Mardechai, Shanikra Miradachia, Hainu Shumakar Habitu, Shubchinasi Said Abber, Shachachmi Kayachma. Now we'll understand the connection between Mardechai who is the source of Yehuda, which is Bittal, alignment. Because generally, the source of Bittal is known in Kabbalah as Yisoyed Abba. Abba, 
Father is the attribute of Chachma. It's called Father. Abba is Chachma, and Ima is called Bina. Chachma is like the Father, and Bina is like the Mother. The, diff- the difference is, the Father like produces the seed, and then the Mother conceives it and develops it into a full-fledged fetus. Chachma is like the concept, and then Bina develops the concept, elaborates the concept. That's Bina. Huh? Nurtures. Nurtures, it develops it. Chachma is like a flash of inspiration that comes in. It's like a new seed, an insight, an experience that you didn't have before. And then Bina is taking that insight and developing it into an idea. Chachma is inspiration, and Bina is perspiration. Chachma basically is always a shock. It's like a lightning. It's dark, and there's like this light bulb. They call it a light bulb moment. A blitz. A blitz. Yeah, exactly. A blitz. It just opens things up. Where does it come from? So it comes from always from a state of bittel, from humility. When a person tries to control it, they'll never have a new insight. You have to be open to it. And usually it happens unexpected. You're walking in the street, you're sitting on the couch, you're, you're in a place. It's, you can't expect it to happen. It just it comes in. And you'll always see it happens after you were completely engulfed, entrenched in the idea. You were completely consumed by it. Even if you were just daydreaming about it, you don't even realize how much you were thinking about it and you were thirsty for it or hungry for it, and your intellectual ego was absent, that's when Chachma comes in. That's why Chachma is always associated with Bittl. It's the faculty of the soul that represents humility, an openness to something that you don't know, an openness to transcendence, a curiosity, an inquisitiveness. There's an expression in Svarim, Kol Gei Shaita. Don't confuse it with the English word. Kol gay shaita means every arrogant gay. Gimel yud aleph is a Hebrew word, lashon gayim. Kol gay, every arrogant person is a shaita, is a fool. How do you know? There's no arrogant people who are smart. It means by definition, if you're arrogant, you you remain a fool because arrogance doesn't allow you to grow outside of your own self, to listen to anything outside of yourself. You're completely locked up in your own box, especially if you think you're not. My brother told me that somebody came to ask him advice. So he says, you know, maybe you have a blind spot. Maybe there's some things you don't see. So he says, yeah, I have a blind spot, but I know where it is. <laughs> right? Maybe you have a blind spot and you don't know where it is. <laughs> they say about a person, he's a self-made man, and he worships his creator. So, so arrogance, by definition, breeds shtus. It breeds foolishness. You remain a shaitan. The ultimate faculty that remains open is chachma. So Chachma is associated with Bittl. So he says, Chachma is Koyach Ma. The Koyach of Ma. Like Moshe says, V'nachnu Ma. What are we? It's the power to say Ma. What? It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Just to say Ma. Just tell me what. Not, I know, I'll explain to you what this, uh, I figured out. Just Koyach, Chachma is two words. Koyach, Chavches, Ma. Ma. Just what? What is it? And... Uh, and ubechachma is biriru. The klal is all biru, all sublimation comes through chachma. Who is the one who can take the the secretion, the, the secretion, the the blood of the musk there, which is completely treif, and turn it around into a fragrance that can only happen through chachma, through bittul. And the reason it can only happen through chachma, through bittul, is because the real definition of klipa of unholiness is yeshes is arrogance. The definition of Chachma is Bittl. So the one who sub- sublimated is introducing Chachma into anything, introduces Bittl into it, and therefore <coughs> sublimates it. Mardechai is Ish Yehudi. He's the master of Bittl. He's Ish Yehudi. So Mardechai is Mardechai. Is that unique element in the Beis HaMikdash that was taken from the blood of a non-kosher animal and transformed into fragrance. What level? So there's different levels of transformation. One is bittel, where it becomes mamish mutter, and one is bittel, and you can eat it, and one is not. Similar to the two levels of bittel we spoke about earlier. If it's mamish, that the iser becomes like heter, or it's just that it's not treated as iser anymore, even though it doesn't become like heter. So here you have it also, Alpi, you have tshuva, which completely transforms the avera. And tshuva, where you say, is doinus nasa like kishgagas. That's why Rabbeinu Yoyna and the Torah, Rabbeinu Yoyna and others argue. So it's interesting that every argument that you see here on a spiritual level, the same argument exists also on a halachic level, on a legal level. Like we learned earlier, everything is a mushal for an imshal, right? So all the machlekes in a bittel, for example, are really a metaphor 
for a deeper machlaikas about bittel in terms of bittel of transforming your own negative passions or difficult passions into into positive. It's a tremendous fragrance, and it's used. It's used in the k'tayris, which is the most important avoda, and in shemen amishcha and the kippur. That was the most important avoda. Brought it to the holy of holies, and muter ba'achila means it's not only a lot of smell. It becomes part of you. You digest it. It becomes part of your blood. So it's even a deeper level. Haman was the luumaza, the counterpart of this particular attribute. Like Haman said, To who would the king want to give dignity more than me? By Haman, it was obvious that if the king wants to honor somebody, it's him. That's why he told them to go out all the way and honor this man who saved his life. That's why Haman hates Mardukhan more than everybody else. Because we hate that person who reminds us how insignificant we are. Haman, build, that's the one we hate more. We hate that we hate more than anything else. Because that person or that idea reminds us who we are. And when, whenever we do, we see that we hate it. Now, this is sometimes destructive and sometimes constructive. For example, if you ask yourself, who do you have the greatest problems with in your life and relationships? Who do you have feelings that are very problematic? And you'll see, it's people who remind you that you're nothing, that you're insignificant. You'll figure it out, you'll see. Think about your life. Now, this doesn't mean they really remind you. It means you think they remind you that you're ins- they're insignificant. That's the key. Really, they're not doing, usually they're not doing anything. They're just being themselves. And they don't even know what you're thinking. But in your mind, or in my mind, for whatever reason, right or wrong, maybe when I was a child, they said something or they did something for a number of years, and it taught me that this person sight, I'm nothing. So if you're here, I'm not here. If you're not here, I'm here. Of course, I don't want you to be here. In some cases, like Haman and Mardukai, Mardukai was basically a reminder to Haman that he's, uh, how do you say it nicely, that he's uh, he's full of hot air, he's full of spaghetti. That's what Mardukai just reminded him. He didn't have to do anything. He saw Mardukai, he tells his wife, whenever I see Mardukai, I go crazy. Why do you go crazy? He sees Emes. Mardukai was an old Jew sitting on the side with a Gemara Cholin. He was learning. What was he doing already? He didn't bow down to him. So he didn't bow down. Imagine the whole world bows down to you. One Al-Tayyid with a Gemara with glasses sitting and learning doesn't bow down to you. It drives you mad. It's more powerful than everybody else bowing down to you. How can that be? Because you know that everyone bowing down to you, they don't mean it. They're just part of the party. They're just flattering you. That man who doesn't bow down to you, he means it. He's the only one who means it. Right? It's like, uh, it was a name was Mayar, Bavram Drizen. It was an old chassid. So he once said, that, uh, he says, what's pshat? It's a covet pudim. It's an extra dance. He said, what's pshat uh, ego? What's pshat yeshes? What's pshat ego? So he says, you have an honoree, right? A kavir gives money to the moisit. They make a meeting, a party. He says, you have all the rabbis get up and speak about him, you know, for hours. He's the god or the greatest sadik who ever lived, this chesed, whatever you know, it goes if you ever had the fortune to be by dinners. So he says, and then a little kid comes up and goes over to him and says, you're stupid. And he gets upset. He says, that's yeah, what are you getting upset for? All the g'dayli hadar said, you're bigger than them. He says, because you know they don't mean it. The kid means it. <laughs> he says, so you get upset. So Haman knew everyone is doing it because the Melech said, bow down. You want to be part of the club. You know, you want to get your, uh, you want to get your paycheck. Right? He was once in university, a professor. So he was the boss. He had tenure. He basically ran the show. So every, he would say jokes, but they were stupid, corny jokes. But everyone under him used to laugh. You know, you know, people say jokes and you feel like you have to laugh. Ah. So uh, he would say his jokes and everybody would laugh. I mean, one guy, the guy is standing there, and uh, the, guy, the professor tells him a joke, and he doesn't laugh. He says, why are you not laughing? He says, because I don't work here. <laughs> so, yeah. It's fine, I don't have to laugh. So when Haman saw Mardukai, when Haman saw Mardukai, it drove him mad, because he was like the antithesis of Mardukai. It's not that Mardukai was Nishvagun in Haman, because he took away his power. Mardukai represented the lack of that need, and Haman constantly needed that. So that's why... Haman was driven mad by Mordechai. And he says, 
when you speak about the issue of arrogance, you could say it's not nice, it's not gishmak, it's not sophisticated. The Balatanya says here the problem is benifred me'achdusa yuzbar. An arrogant person is detached from God's unity. The MS is that everything is part of Hashem. Arrogance basically doesn't mean you're great. Arrogance means you're small. Arrogance means you believe you're detached from God. You make yourself small and therefore you make yourself big. In other words, the lack this is very deep. The lack of the, the, the it's very important in education. You tell a person, stop being a Balgaiva. What how do we understand? Go down, just be small. He's saying fakert. Arrogance means to be small. The lack of arrogance means that you're part of God. So you don't have to be big because you're bigger than you ever imagined. You're part you're part of Hashem. You're part of Hashem. Arrogance means you separate yourself from Achtus Hashem, and therefore I'm so small, so I have to be big. So I have to be arrogant. Real, real arrogance is 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 a description of real, real insecurity, of a lack, lack of confidence. Haman's issue is he's a yesh, he's nifred machdusiyazbar. He's separating himself from Hashem's unity. There's me, and there's nothing else. Where achdus Hashem means the other way around. There's Hashem, and there's nothing else. Everything you're part of Him, including your mind and your heart and your soul and your personality and so forth. So Haman who's separating himself from his achtos, to compensate for that, he turns himself into a gasaruach, into an arrogant person. He comes from Amalek, the Pesach says, Amalek is the genesis of all the nations. What does it mean? It doesn't mean he was the first one. He wasn't. It means, It means, when we speak about the seven nations, we're not just talking about seven nations. We're talking about seven qualities within us. We say every day, We're talking about seven midas. You have midas hataiva, addiction, gluttony. You have midas haritzicha. One is chesed, one is gvura. Taivas comes from misplaced love. You love everything. Gvura, Misplaced Gvura is Ritzicha, you're cruel, you're selfish, you're, you're murderous. You're, that's Ritzicha. And then each one is another Midah from the seven. Amalek is the Shoyrish of them. Why? What's Amalek? Amalek, he says, is Gasus or It's not a particular Midah. Amalek is a sense of a self that's distorted. When your self is distorted, automatically all your emotions are distorted. Now, this is very important. We often talk about emotions. Before emotions, they talk about the self. Who do you think you are? If the self is distorted, all the emotions will be distorted. You can't have normal emotions because the emotions are all filtered through and by a self. A malik represents a distorted sense of self. Your place in society is wrong. It's skewed. It's off. This is what he calls gasa saruach. You have an inflated sense of self. You don't put yourself, you don't see yourself in it properly. And this before all emotions. Ultimately, your chesed, your vuri, the first, people will get you angry for no reason. You will be addicted to the wrong things because your sense of self is distorted. So that's why if you can't deal with Amalek, it won't, it won't help to deal with the other Midas because they are all ultimately branches, children, descendants. Reishis goyim Amalek. That's the expression of the Pasuk and Parshish Balak. Bilam said, Reishis goyim vacharisa yadei Yeah. Did you hear the Hasidic uh, uh, board that uh, recite the Hagirgashi, Hamoya Hagirgashi to fight the uh, Makshad Zaras and was there, was there uh, any of you do that? That what? Just to recite that Pasuk? <laughs> never heard. Okay. Yeah, never heard. Yes, okay. <laughs> so Haman comes from Zerah Malik. So the Shodesh of all of it is that you have a distorted sense of self. You don't realize your holiness. You don't realize that you're part of Hashem right now, right now, this moment. That's... Why? And this is really what arrogant people are. We're arrogant because we're afraid to be humble. Because if I'm going to be humble or apologize or I'm going to be honest, I will die. There will be nothing left to me. I have to profess this bubble of perfection in order to be able to be. If I'm just going to be vulnerable and honest, what's going to be left of me? I'm going to fade into oblivion. I'm going to become part of the air. This is a distorted sense of self. You think you're bigger than you are, and therefore you become smaller than you are. 
right? So you have to know how small you, you, how great you really are, and how small you really are, and the two go together. One of the most powerful ones. Haman is the ultimate arrogance. He wants to exterminate who? The first time Jews are called Yehudim is in Megillus Esther. So he asked before, he didn't only want to kill Yehudim, he wanted to kill all Jews, even not Yehudim. The answer is, it's the Yehudi that bothered him. Haman is the ultimate arrogance. Who drives him crazy more than anything else? The Jew. Because the Jew, every single Jew, somehow represents a concept of bittel. doesn't even have to what type of Jew it is. A member of the Jewish people carries within his or her soul the reality of bittel, the reality of that he or she is part of God. And Haman is driven mad by this. Until he does not exterminate the last Jew, he feels that his place in the world is is unsatisfactory. And this hatred you can't cure. It's not hatred because you took my money, you took my house, you took my business. So we could split. This is not about that. It's your existence, or to put it more more accurately, it's your lack of existence. It's the bitl of the Jew, the lack of existence that Haman is so uh, enraged by. If the Jew would have denied that he's Jewish and connected to the Jewish people, he wouldn't have done anything. It's interesting what he's saying. Literally, you think Xeda was on every Jew? No, the Rebbe says there was an opportunity to get out of it. If a Jew completely uh, changed his identity, said, I don't want to be, he wouldn't. If Xeda was on Yehudim, he said, the Diyuk is Yehudim, he's Moida. He's somehow part of it, even a little bit. This is unlike in the Second World War, unlike the Haman in our generation. He didn't care. A Jew could convert, a Jew could say anything. He didn't care. If there was Jewish blood in the sinews, even one of a sixteenth, you know, they made it, those Yemachshamayimims, with what, what, what a Jew is, a little bit Jewish blood. In other words, in our generation was Nezgali even deeper than even a Jew who says he's not, is also, is also. Even that Jew is still a Yehudi. But by Haman, by Haman he said what? By Haman he said, if you are a Yehudi. And yet none of them throughout the year had any alien thoughts. They all had Messiah Snefesh for Hashem's unity, and this is the Bittl. It's very interesting that the Rebbe makes a statement, How does he know that? How does he know that there was not one Jew that throughout the year of the Gzeirah, didn't have a machshavah schutz chas It's very interesting that he says this as a fact. It's a Jew can't. <laughs> it's it's not, this is the estimate. Doesn't say in Gemara. This doesn't say in Gemara or Medrash. It says in Gemara or Medrash. It doesn't say. That's what a Jew is. It's interesting that this is what he says. Like Allah, kulam kechad like Allah al daita machshavah. He doesn't say they didn't convert. Okay, the machshavah schutz chas The machshavah wasn't there. They were. They were there. It says in Medrash a famous story that Mordechai was with 22,000 kids learning, and Haman came, and he said, he'll kill all of them. Mordechai said, run away, right, run away, and they said, we're with you, l'chayim, l'mavis, we're with you. But he says, the whole Jewish people, nobody had another thought. No, before. We're talking about after the Gzeda. No, not before. He's talking about after the Gzeda, yeah. Yesh nebekayach b'chalachad Yisrael. This bitl is the potential of every Jew. Even the most lightheaded of Jews, is capable of giving his soul the pearl mamash not to separate from his unity anyway. Every single Jew you see, even a kal shabakalim has this. You could think he doesn't care. By Jews, you saw an interesting thing. The serious nefesh wasn't something that belonged to people who dedicated their whole life to religion. You understand that you have by other religions. You have people that dedicate their whole life to the religion, and a moment of truth, they give their life, or whatever you want to call it, a moment of, 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 of choice. By Jews, you saw often that you had a Jew, his whole life, he was uh, he was careless, he was a Kal Shabbat and suddenly, when it came to a moment of truth, the connection emerged from where did it come? Your whole life you laughed from it. So it's not something that was a rational cheshvet. It's basically Bekayach in every single Jew. This bitl of Mardachai is Bekayach in every Jew, and that's what Haman saw. Because Haman saw it, it enraged him because the Jew, by definition, represents something that is the opposite of the entire existence of Haman. For me to live, they have to die. For them to live, I have to die. The 
two cannot go to together. It's interesting that in Hitler, Yamach Shemai once said, I saw quoted from an interviewer with him, that the, they asked him why he hates the Jews. So he said, because the Jews circumcised the world. He says two ways. They introduced physical circumcision, that you mutilate the body, it's not a, a perfect body. And he says they also circumcised the heart, because they're the ones who invented the concept of conscience. They circumcised the heart. They put a limit on the heart because they invented the reality of a conscience. Conscience. This you don't do because of conscience. This is right. This is wrong, etc. You don't murder a child. You don't murder a mentor. This is all the Torah introduced, conscience. Right? It's not It's not the right of power. It's not the Ubermensch. You have power, you exercise it fully. There's a concept called virtue, compassion, sensitivity, justice, righteousness. Power has limits. Power has limits. And it drove him crazy. It drove him absolutely crazy. He said it. He said it clearly. They circumcised humanity. And he wanted to uncircumcise humanity. Humanity should be unbridled. And that means whatever, the super race has to be victorious and everyone else is exterminated like cockroaches. It's the human and a cockroach is the same thing. Irrelevant. me, saying every Jew has this. You see, the Jew is doing plenty of avedas. So what happened? He says, This a spirit of insanity that makes him feel that he's not being separated from this sin. Why? He's a shemateira mitzvah. So therefore. He thinks, I'm a good Jew. When it comes to a situation, and he realizes he's going to be separated, then he becomes a lion. But usually, in regular situations, he doesn't think it's detaching him. To give an example, a person could be in a big argument with their wife. A serious, I'm talking about a functional marriage. I don't mean an abusive or bad situation. Having a serious argument, and, and, and it happens daily, weekly, whatever. This issue, that issue, that issue. Somebody at that moment will, and, and he may even say negative things, and he may even think more negative things about his wife or about her husband. And then somebody that moment will come, right, and take away his wife. Take away, right? You'll see that the same person will go on the citizen effort. <laughs> the same is true, you know, a person can complain about their children, or the children complain about their parents, you know, I don't need you in my house, go live somewhere else, whatever it is. I'm not talking right or wrong. Mr. And then somebody will take away the child, or something will happen to the child, an accident, something, they'll go on Messiris Nefesh. Ten minutes ago, you were like, God Almighty, I wish I would have never had this person or this marriage. So what's Pshat? You're crazy? You're not crazy. Your essence was revealed. Really, you'll go on Messiris Nefesh for this person. You're connected to the person. But the, when you're having an argument, you don't really think you're being separated. Even though you are temporarily, but you don't really think you're being when a push comes to shove and somebody says, okay, we'll just separate you forever. You'll never see each other. Suddenly, you're a lion. Suddenly, you'll protect them with every fiber of your being. Now, says that's how Jews work. Jews work. Oh, they're with God? Okay, yeah. You'll fight with them. You don't feel the separation. Even though there is a separation, but you don't feel it. But the moment you'll feel it, he says, now everything is going to change. Everything is going to change. Because... Not because something new, because it was always there. The connection was there. It's just the argument eclipses the connection. The Ruach you don't see how to live that way always. But when a moment of truth comes and you realize that now you're really going to be severed, that you're not ready for. If you would have known that the argument is going to sever you, you would have also not done it. But then you're not in touch with that part of yourself, or you don't think that the argument is so faithful. And it may not be. It may not be always. Again, it depends on the situation. Tzadik test, the second column, page 197. 197, Tzadik test, the second column. <laughs> would be, um, uh, the line starts, Yidei Avera. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. 
10 lines from the top, Tzadik Tess, Omid Beis, the second column. See it? So we explain that Mardechai is called Ish Yehudi, the Jews are called Yehudim, because Yehuda from the word Haidah represents the Bittal, the complete dedication, the complete uh, submission. And Mardechai is Miradachia, the ability to transform the blood of the non-kosher animal into k'tairis, or into the Shemana Mishra. Amalek, Haman, represents the antithesis of Mardechai. He's enraged by Mardechai because he is the ultimate arrogance, Amalek, and the Jewish people experience the complete uh, Messiris Nefesh, complete bittel, the whole year. He says nobody had any other thought and this is what angered Haman about Mardechai so much because of the Yehuda aspect. The Yehudim, Lahashmed, Valarga, Lahabedes, Kola Yehudim. It says, Mesiris Nefesh comes from the concealed love in a Jew which transcends Das. In other words, it's not a love that you think about something and you think that it's positive and therefore you develop an emotion. This is an essential love that transcends any intellect. In Torah you won't find a reason for Mesiris Nefesh, only on love. The Pasuk says, You should love Hashem, because He is your life. People love their life. People will do anything to be able to live longer. Anything. Normal people. They'll give up so many pleasures. They'll remain years in a hospital in order to be able to live. That's how precious life is. They'll go through surgeries and operations and, and therapies. Layalenu in order just to live. So they already love Hashem. Say, How can I love Hashem? They already love Hashem because the electricity of life is Hashem. That's, the, that's their soul. So la'avas Hashem alakecha ki hu chayecha. He is your life. So since He is your life, that is really life. It's the battery, it's the engine behind everything. So you say, how do I love Hashem? You already love Hashem because you love your life, you love your soul, your soul, your whole life. That is God's energy, that's divine energy. But veins atama masiris nefesh. But that's not a reason to give up your life. Kivan shatam hu kihu chayecha, but a masiris nefesh ulahash lechayev mineget. The reason is that he is your life. So that's a reason. Embrace him as much as I embrace life, but not to go beyond. Not not to go beyond life. So ultimately, he says Elah ha'inyan shein shayech tam v'seichel on masiris nefesh. The truth is. The Messiris Nefesh is really not based. You can't have any reason on Messiris Nefesh because any reason will basically bring you to do something that will strengthen your life, will strengthen your Messias, not something that will cause you to go higher than your Messias or give up your Messias. Messiris Nefesh comes from a place that's deeper than Das. In other words, I can agree to something that affirms my identity, it affirms my existence. That makes sense. The question is what that is. So there's superficial things and there's deeper things. Messiris Nefesh really is the concept in the Jew that is completely beyond Das. When we say he's your life, what does it mean? Hashem fills the worlds and encompasses the worlds. Through this, he gives life to all the worlds. But we explained before that Mamali and Seiviv are only a ray of Hashem. His essence is even beyond Seiviv. You cannot define the Iker of Elokos by the fact that the worlds come from him and get their chayas from him. It's true. Only he could create the world. But that doesn't represent who he is. It doesn't capture. What's, what's a lakus? That he's a creator. Fakert. It's humbling for him. Like we say in the morning, you were there before creation. 
and after creation identically. It's not Tefes Mokim. Even without the Bria, it would be identical. What gives life to Elamis is all from him, but it's like relative to him, it's like a ray, it's like a little ray of the sun. That's what we call existence, something from nothing. Why is it nothing? He's not nothing. Because the world comes from Ayin, because the ray of the divine that creates the worlds is Ayin Lagabi, his essence. It's like one, what's the value of one ray of the sun relative to the whole sun? You're going to say the whole sun is defined by the fact that one ray comes into the house. It's true, only from the sun could come this ray. Only from Hashem could come the world. But in no way does the world embody or personify or capture the truth, the whole truth of God, or even part of it. So Ati says, Aleph through Tav, Ata. And all the 22 letters come from the, the... The mouth has five sources from where letters come from, like Beis, Vav, Mem, Pei come from the lips, and Aleph, Ches, Ayin come from the, from, the, from the throat, and, and uh, you have, um, you have uh, Gimel... Huh? The lips. Beis, Beis, Vav, Mem, Pei, you have to bring the lips together. So you have Atta, he says you have Aleph, you have Sof, that's the 22 letters, and the He... Through the Oasis, Aleph Tav Hey, you give life. Like letters in the person. The letters of the person are like garments of the soul. So, the way we experience God, it's the way He compresses Himself into becoming the life force of the world. But you can have the hergish that he is your life. Because you're my soul, therefore I love you, I crave you, because you're my soul. The serious nefesh comes from something else. He doesn't want to separate from Hashem's essence. He's beyond of being beyond being the life of all the worlds. In his presence, the whole world doesn't even have a chashivas. That's where Mesiris Nefesh is rooted from. So there's two pchinas. That's experiencing God as your life. Now that's no small thing to appreciate that every nekud of electricity and energy in the person's brain and the person's soul is really divine. And therefore I love you because you are my soul. I love you as much as I love life because you are life. The only entity that really exists in life is divinity. The chiyos of every nook and cranny, of every flake of snow, every drop of rain, every blade of grass, every heartbeat, every cell, every nekuda and nekuda in the human body and in the large world, in the planet, in the whole universe is what is is him, it's Mamali Kalam and Saiv of Kalam. But that's all the reason to love him as much as you love life. But then there is that the Jew feels that the God Hashem himself is not even defined by life. Completely transcends it. Completely transcends life. In fact, all the divine energy that in, that is enclosed in the world is only a restricted, very tiny form of energy that comes from him that completely doesn't reveal him or express him. And he wants to connect he wants to connect to that, and for that he's ready therefore to go beyond life. He's ready to touch that Nikuda which is beyond life. This is the potential in every Jew. On Purim it came out by all the Jews that not to separate from his unity. This is the meaning. The Megillah speaks about Maimer Mardechai. Everything was based on Mardechai. Ki Mardechai Hayamakar Habitl Ish Yehudi. He was the Ish Yehudi, the master of Bittl, the source of Bittl. Zel Vekibalai Yehudi Mesashei Chelulases. This is the meaning. Tosik says that the Jews accepted what they started. The Matan Tayrishik Dimunasa Lenishma. 
So now we come back to the whole discussion. We started the Torah is Marshal Hakadmoini, a Marshal for a Nimshal for a higher Nimshal for a Nimshal till Kadmoini. In order to accept that, in order to absorb that by Matan Torah, there was the complete Bittul because of the love of the mountain was so much that they completely opened themselves up to that. But their souls, their separateness flew out from them. This bittel gave them the ability to have nishma, to be able to get matan Torah. By Achashvedish, you had the same type of bittel. Keep and even greater. Keep a matan Torah. Your bittel's By matan Torah, it came because he put, the, he showed them the love of kamayim upon him, upon him. When you show somebody infinite love, they show it back to you. By Purim, the arousal came from where? It came from below. So therefore, what came down on Purim is deeper. Only the it's only the beginning. In other words, Purim was far more greater and grander than by Matan Taira. The Kibel was really by Purim. Only Hechelu, the beginning, was by Matan Taira. Because by Matan Taira, it all came. It's at Kofalayim, Harkagigas. They almost had no choice because there was an explosion of love by Purim. What was revealed is that this is who the Jew is, essentially. The Jew has a bit to the point where he is completely rooted in the essence. This is who he is. And this type of bitl came out on Purim. So therefore, as a result of that, it's much deeper than what happened in Matan Teirah. It's called Hechelu. And here it's Mamash an Inyan of of Kibbal HaYehudim. Now here there's a huge parenthesis, which is a footnote of the Tamach Tzadak. But if you go to the next column, to page uh, 190, uh, 198, the first paragraph, Al-Pizah, Yuvah So now he comes back to what he started. This is why Simchas Purim is even greater and deeper than Yomtev. Why? Tzadikim should sing, should celebrate God. Because that's what happens on Yomtev. The Shem Yud Kevavke represents the evolution of the worlds. Yud is Chachma, then you have He is Bina, and then you have Vav is the Midas, and then you have the last He is Malchus. What's Rananu Bahavaya? You dance, you sing with Hashem, and Hashem Shechem Toisves Oyer Vigili Milmaila Meshtashlos Besedirishtashlos. When a person is joyous, they become joyous because of something extra that they get. You get your regular paycheck, you don't start dancing. You get up a special thing, it's a new thing, you become a simcha, like a surprise, a, a pleasant surprise. What's Pshat Rananu Bashem? There's a simcha in Hashem, there's a hisafa. In the regular energy of Seder Ishtarshlis of the evolution, there's a hisafa, there's an addition that creates the simcha. This is what happens on Yom Tif. But this addition is also with a measurement because it comes into the structures of godly energy. There's no relative value to his essence. It would be like a drop from the ocean. So the simcha of Yom Tov has a measurement. Because what are you celebrating? You're celebrating the fact that in the divine energy in the world, there's an increase, there's an extra flow, there's more awareness, there's more consciousness. Why? Because 
Simchas Purim is something else. The Adelayad of Purim is not like people understand it, it's a loose day, you know, you just let people do what they want. Fakert. It's even deeper than Matan Torah. Because what happened by Purim was, by Matan Torah, there was also a tremendous bitl. But why? Because Kafalei Markegiz Hashem showed so much love. What happened on Purim is that the Jewish people reached complete bitl, that complete potential of bitl came out to the point that they touched that which is higher than Amale, higher than Soiviv, right? The Atmos itself, which is from where Messiris Nefesh comes from. So the Simcha from this Gilu is not a limited Simcha. It's also a Simcha that's beyond Das. It's also an infinite Simcha. Because when the essence comes out, everybody's identical. Once God defines himself in the structures of the universe, there's, there's, there's light, there's dark, it's positive. In the essence itself, darkness is like in Tzadak, the Matitin Loi, Virabuf Sheecha, Matasa Loi. The Pasuk says in Eoiv. So, how do you say you can't separate between Arahaman and Baruch Mardachai? Because through the mysterious Nefesh of Simchas Purim, they reach the essence. And there, everything is identical. Because he's completely beyond any element of any element of uh, of creation. So the Arur Haman is not Mitzad Yada. The Arur Haman is the way and it is it is in his essence. Even not Mitzad Yada. Even the way in his, the Arur Haman is Mitzad's essence. And that's the Simcha that happens on Purim Adullah Yada bin Arhamullah Barak Mardachai. The reenactment of Matan Torah, which is the Gili of Torah, Marshal Hakadmoini, the Kadman Shalaylam, which is higher than Saif of Amale, which Torah gives you, but by Torah it came, it's at the Bittel of Matan Torah. And Purim it came, it's at the Bittel of Purim, the Messias Nefesh of Purim, which always comes from a place of Adalayada, and that's why the Simcha of Purim is a Simcha of Adalayada, Lamayla Minadas, beyond Kihu Chayecha, it's the Nakud of Atmos, and therefore over there there's no difference in Araham and Baruch Mardachai, because he's completely beyond. Any gather of the world and of the Tachtain. But he adds one word. Amnam, this is probably now also a long thing, right? Amnam le'inyin isra as'iyas malacha. When it comes to malacha, is dafka b'yamta v'alacha purim. Work, as we learned before in Shulchan Aruch, you're allowed to work on purim. Yamta if you're not allowed to work. K'maymer azal, the Gemara says that purim, Mardachai asked the Chazal to take away malacha from purim. They said no. Mardechai asked them not to do malach on Purim. But then they said no. But not Yamtev. We just explained Purim is deeper than Yamtev. Now you'll understand why. What, why, do, why do we stop doing work? When a person works, you're involved in something, yeah? You're programming, you're, you're mopping, you're washing, you're running, you're busy, you're answering, you're this. So your mind and your emotions are involved. When you sit down, you relax, your seichel will just come back. It's like, you know, everything, your seichel, your intellect was involved in something, your emotions, it comes back. On Shabbos, the world, so to speak, go back to their source. Everything goes back to the source. When you're talking about the divine energy that's enclosed in the world, the shayich shamaylo matav madrega, so there's higher and there's lower. So v'lachen sheishis yom tasam alacha, but yoy mashvi shomadrega yoy senalis harbe tishbas lias alias oilus madrega shalamaita la madrega sal yoynas yoyser. You go from the lower state to a higher state. There's a higher level of divine consciousness. So therefore, you have to abstain from your involvement in certain things in order to be able to tune into it. Then there's a level of speech, a level of thought. It's deeper levels of consciousness. The calls the 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 
over there in Ishtalshalus, the evolution of the wizard could be higher and lower spiritual. Avobat smusi yamusi is baruch. Sheini begedir almond klal. But in the essence of Hashem, ain't shayach klal pchinas shvisa. There's no concept of resting shualiyas hamadregus, which means lifting up the layers of your personality. Sharei maylo mata shavanetz lelegamri. Because the higher and the lower are identical. Physical, material action and the highest level of wisdom are completely shava. So Purim because the physical of Purim is not soiser doesn't undermine, doesn't contradict the spiritual energy of Purim. On Shabbos and Yom Tif, if I work, I'm undermining the energy of Shabbos and Yom Tif, because what is it? It's a higher flow, it's a higher revelation of spirituality within the world, and in order to experience it, I have to abstain. I have to go out of my physical structure, my physical kalim of work, in order to be able to experience it. The person has to go to a higher Madrigas. They have to stop Asiya, and they have to go higher in order to experience. That's Shabbos Lavaya. Ranu Tzadikim Lavaya. Mashenkin Purim. What, what, what comes out on Purim? Purim comes out the Pchin of Atzmos, of the essence of Hashem, which is completely beyond the world, even beyond being higher. The highest and the lowest are completely identical, like we looked in the beginning. That Mamali and Saivav is all... His relationship to the world. So this is a higher relationship, a lower relationship. Atmos himself transcends even being higher. So you can't say you have to go out of Gashmias and be Beruchmias in order to be Makabal the Oyer. That doing work in Gashmias is a stira to the Oyer of Purim. Shabbos and Yom Tif, it's a stira to Shabbos and Yom Tif. Purim, being in Gashmias is not a stira because Ruchmias is not closer to him than Gashmias. Ruchnius is closer to a higher consciousness. But to Atzmas, Ruchnius is not closer to Gashmius. Ruchnius doesn't bring you closer to the essence than Gashmius brings you closer to the essence. So that's why a Malach Gashmius and Purim does not negate the concept of work. So when you have Simchem, it's Adas, then work contradicts it. You can't be, you have to be in a certain mode. When it's a Simcha, Shalom and Adas, the Adaloyada, which is connected to Atzmas and so Uvdin the Chayl doesn't prevent doesn't uh, eliminate that experience of simcha. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.